for Tuesday, November 30th. It's the early word from the WNYC Newsroom. Hi there, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson with a look at this morning's top news, the day ahead, and reporting highlights from the WNYC News team. Coming up, an art exhibit on Capitol Hill aims to sway senators to vote for a 9-11 health bill. Bob Henley talks to the artist. And Ozzie Pabra tells us about Charlie Rangel's new 10-point chart on why he shouldn't be censored. We start with this morning's top headlines, just ahead. The Early Word is a production of WNYC Radio. You can support this podcast by making a donation at WNYC.org, where you can also get the latest updates on this morning's headlines on the news page. The White House says the government is not ruling out the possibility of taking legal action against online whistleblower WikiLeaks. White House spokesman Robert Gibbs and Attorney General Eric Holder say there's an ongoing criminal investigation into how more than a quarter million classified State Department documents were made public. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton says she's confident that international relationships will withstand the challenge presented by the release of the secret documents, some detailing diplomatic relationships. At least one of my counterparts... uh, said to me, well, don't worry about it. You should see what we say about you. So I think that this is well understood in the diplomatic community as part of the give and take. Clinton says the disclosure threatens lives and national security and that the U.S. is working to hold those who stole the documents accountable. President Obama is proposing a two-year wage freeze for federal workers, and New Yorkers who work for the federal government have mixed reactions. The president hopes to reduce the federal deficit by saving an estimated $2 billion this fiscal year. Department of Labor employee Evelyn Chung says she doesn't mind doing her part. I think that, you know, public employees, we all understand the need to chip in and and help out during this hard time. I'd certainly rather be in this position than in the private sector right now. But others are upset about the president's plan. One worker who wouldn't give her name because of fears about her job says the sacrifice should be shared. We don't mind having our pay not getting an increase, but we do think that the Republicans who want to extend the tax cuts for the millionaires and billionaires should also recognize that that is grossly unfair and unnecessary. All federal employees except for military personnel face a pay freeze. Some of the unions representing federal workers are appealing to Congress to help them avert it. Speaking of federal spending, the Congressional Budget Office says the cost to taxpayers of the contentious $700 billion financial bailout has dwindled down to $25 billion. CBO estimates that as of this month, the government will recoup most of the TARP money spent. Turning to New York's growing budget gap, the legislature has made no progress on a deficit reduction plan. Lawmakers met in a special session yesterday as ordered by Governor Patterson, but they refused to vote on a bill to close a $315 million budget hole. Governor Patterson, who's out of office at the end of December, says he called the session mainly to clear his conscience, with incoming Governor Andrew Cuomo already facing an over $9 billion gap in the new fiscal year. Lawmakers also failed to come up with a bailout plan for the New York City Off-Track Betting Corporation. About 500 of its workers are expected to be laid off today, and OTB could be forced to shut down next month. New York State Education Commissioner David Steiner has granted a waiver that allows media executive Kathy Black to become the city's next school's chancellor. WNYC's Beth Fertig says the commissioner's 12-page decision indicates he thinks Black is qualified for the job despite her lack of education experience. He said during her distinguished career, she's demonstrated a skill critical to the chancellorship, namely the ability to lead a large, multifaceted organization confronting enormous challenges and complexities. He cited her ability to be an effective communicator and that she possesses substantial experience with managing limited resources and making difficult financial decisions. WNYC's Beth Fertig's 
Steiner withheld support for Black last week until Mayor Bloomberg agreed to name a chief academic officer to work alongside Black. That job will go to Shale Polakosaransky, a deputy chancellor with 15 years of experience in the school system. But some opponents of Black's appointment say the waiver may be illegal. They're planning a protest for Thursday. Congressman Charles Rangel is circulating a 10-point chart to colleagues explaining why he shouldn't be censured for violating 11 House ethics rules. WNYC's Ozzie Paber has more on Rangel's last-minute defense before the full House votes on his punishment. In the chart, Rangel notes the history of Congress members that, unlike him, enrich themselves and misled investigators. At one point, Rangel notes his misdeeds, quote, did not involve personal financial gain. He then contrasts that with Congressman George Hansen, who pocketed more than $60,000 and only received a reprimand. A bipartisan panel found Rangel guilty of breaking ethics rules for failing to report his financial assets and misusing congressional resources, but stopped short of calling it corrupt. They recommended Rangel be censured, the harshest penalty short of expulsion. That would require him to stand at the well of the House chamber and listen to Speaker Nancy Pelosi rebuke him publicly. Rangel would prefer a reprimand in which he would get a letter in the mail. For WNYC, Amazi Pabura. To see Rangel's chart, head to our politics website, itsafreecountry.org. Taking a look at today's calendar, President Obama hosts congressional leaders, his first meeting with the Republican leadership since their victories in the midterm elections. The Pentagon releases its long-awaited study of military attitudes on lifting the don't ask, don't tell ban on gays serving openly. In economic news, the Case-Shiller Home Price Index for September is out today, and the conference board releases its latest measure of consumer confidence. Retiring Connecticut Senator Chris Dodd delivers his final speech on on the floor of the Senate, reflecting on 36 years of public service. In New York, the renovated Roosevelt Island tram goes back into service today after a nine-month overhaul. And this evening, it's the annual Rockefeller Center tree lighting ceremony featuring performances by Charisse, Cheryl Crow, Josh Groban, Catherine Jenkins, Kylie Minogue, Jessica Simpson, and the Radio City Rockettes. Mayor Bloomberg and, of course, Al Roker will be in attendance. You can watch the whole thing on NBC. Just a few of the things happening this Tuesday. The rotunda in the Russell Senate office building on Capitol Hill has a new exhibit that features ground zero workers. It includes the badges of 29 NYPD officers sickened by toxic dust after 9-11 and paintings of ground zero first responders during the recovery effort, all in an effort to boost the federal 9-11 Health and Compensation Act, which the Senate is considering. WNYC's Bob Henley has this report on the woman who created the paintings. Aggie Kenny makes her living as a courtroom artist. At a recent showing of her work depicting Ground Zero first responders, Kenny said she simply wanted to be a witness with an unflinching eye. It had everything to do with watching and just immediately copying down what I saw, just, I suppose, as a reporter would in their notebooks. Kenny is used to sketching the world's most sinister bad guys passing through the federal courts of lower Manhattan. Yet after September 11th, she was moved to approach the Salvation Army for a very different kind of assignment, capturing in ink and watercolors the action at the recovery effort. 
Her artistic documentation took place in March and May of 2002. I was very used to working with a lot of hubris around and people watching, and I can focus on my work and be unaffected by the surrounding activity. She recalls a massive tent on the site dubbed the Taj Mahal, where first responders would go to eat and sleep. When I first uh, walked into the Taj, I had the sense of a cathedral almost, and I was struck by the quiet. Everything was just quiet and almost gentle. Kenny's most poignant recollections and images are of first responders when they weren't working. I saw the personal side of these responders when I went and watch them sleeping. Uh, They would come in from the pile and literally collapse on the cots, and there were teddy bears by them. Their shovels and all their equipment were on their side, and there were little posters on the wall from brownie troops and children from around the country. For years, her 9-11 work remained packed away in her home. She knew she didn't want to sell it, but a fellow courtroom artist gave her the idea that this work could help make the case in Washington for passage of the 9-11 first responder health bill. And now installed in the Capitol, along with the shields of 29 police officers who died from exposure to ground zero contamination, is artist as witness, the 9-11 first responders. This picture here, this is dated May 2002. Catherine McVeigh-Hughes is on Community Board 1. We knew that the dust in huge quantities of dust, and the air was an issue. Look at these workers, these first responders, raking through the rubble, looking for evidence, looking to see what they could find. None of them are wearing any protective gear at all. McVeigh Hughes says the value of Kenny's work is not just commemorative. She says the images are sad to look at because they depict just how ill-prepared the first responders remained even months after the attack. And what's also really important here is you see them working and sleeping and eating near the burning fires. McVeigh Hughes says this week's display in the Senate Russell Building's Rotunda, which was organized by Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, is a graphic reminder of the human toll from the recovery effort. And the timing is strategic. Anyone who will be voting on the James Rajoga 9-11 Health and Compensation Act will have to walk by the 29 shields of the police officers that died in the line of duty due to their exposures to 9-11. Advocates say they hope to get the 9-11 health bill through in this current lame duck session of the Senate. They still need one or two Senate Republicans. The House has already passed the bill. Artist Aggie Kenny is gratified that the work that she put away for years is now surfacing at a critical time. No way did I ever think when I was at Ground Zero that my sketches could somehow help the responders. The Zadroga bill would fund health care for all first responders as well as eligible Manhattan residents. For WNYC, I'm Bob Henley. To see a slideshow of the exhibit and learn more about the Zadroga bill, visit our website, wnyc.org. The New York skyline calling me home. One more note on the subject of funding for health. You're listening to soul and blues singer Garland Jeffries, one of more than a dozen artists who are performing in an unusual fundraiser. It's for the city's cash-strapped public hospital system. 
The series, called Stat, starts this Sunday and goes for one week with a different show in each borough. Tickets will cost from $15 to $55. We got four Hanukkah begins tomorrow at sundown. To celebrate, the experimental Jewish music label J-Dub is throwing an event tonight at Williamsburg's Brooklyn Bowl. Headlining the show is the Sway Machinery, a group dedicated to reimagining cantorial music as horn-driven pop. The group is led by Jeremiah Lockwood, a prominent New York City guitarist and the grandson of a famous cantor. Download the group's Skin to Skin on our culture page. Just click on culture at wnyc.org. You can learn more about all the stories you heard here, download more podcasts, and go in-depth with our reporters on the news blog. It's all at our website, wnyc.org. You can hear us there 24 hours a day, as well as on the air at 93.9 FM and AM 820. From the WNYC Newsroom, I'm Isaac Davy Aronson. Have a great day.